Hello again, everyone. We had a bit of a, um, an absence last week, um, so sorry about that. We are back in firmly in the driving seat again. Um, uh, one of the reasons, actually, that I couldn't do it last week is because um, I was part of an organising committee um, to organise a rugby festival at our local club where I'm a coach for 1400 kids <laughs> um so that was uh that was very uh exciting actually it worked out well and even the weather behaved so thankfully that went well um and we're going to do it again in march so we'll see what <laughs> oh, really are you yeah yeah did, yeah, yeah. Did, uh, I mean, did, did your team win uh well you know they they did okay i didn't i to be honest i was actually going rounds and organizing all the different teams and making sure they were there and that everything was going all right so i didn't really see that much of my own team unfortunately but they did they did well anyway so uh <laughs> right anyway 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 right so um what a week what a week i mean i would say what a month i mean we have had so much going on this month we've had a new you know we've uh we've had a de the death of the queen we've had the uh, death of the queen funeral of the queen we've had um we've had a new prime minister um we've had uh, an absolute nightmare in terms of um, markets so yeah i mean it's it's been anything but uneventful <laughs> um so um so anyway so today what we're going to talk try to talk about is a, a few of the uh, things from this week can't talk about everything because you know this podcast would last about 24 hours at least um if that were the case so um so anyway we're going to talk, talk about three things today um firstly um the bank of england uh why did it intervene this week and how did it you know how did it do that uh secondly was the porsche ipo a success um, and thirdly, um, what should the UK government do now? Um, so anyway, so we're going to be talking about these these things, and I'll just warn you in advance that um, I would I would say that Ralph is not sitting on the fence. Uh, okay, so just to make sure of that. Um, anyway, right. So um, Ralph, this week um, we saw the Bank of England dramatically getting. Uh, getting its uh, uh, rolling its sleeves up, getting involved in the market. Why did it do that, and what was it trying to achieve? Well, it what it actually do is for, first of all to establish the baseline here, guys. What it do is, or what we refer to, is that it went into the bond markets to shore up bond prices. The reason that it had to do this, or felt it had to do this, was that uh, bond prices were in free fall, and it felt the need to stabilize these. And this has all got to do with inflation and interest rates and the cost of borrowing, and I'm going to get to that. But of course, well, we've all seen the news, but just to make sure that we're all on the same page, I'm going to repeat the obvious. We have a new prime minister, and we, I think, all heard what she kept saying in the hustings. She said, oh, I'm going to be a 
true conservative prime minister and I'm going to be true to the conservative spirit and I'm going to reduce interest rates. Uh, sorry, not interest rates. I'm going to reduce taxes. And we're all getting a little bit worried at that stage, I believe. But then when she actually did become prime minister, I don't think anybody, certainly not me, would have expected the absolute nuclear recklessness with which this government is clearly aiming to reduce the UK economy to the state of a newly emerging country. And that will happen fairly soon. And this also is tied in with what the Bank of England <laughs> tries to do. So clearly we know that uh, this government is clearly emerging as a very radical government in terms of uh, tax cuts. But it is not just that. It is also the way in which the tax cuts are being delivered or rather which target groups are in focus here um, because i was actually saying that to a friend a different friend peter not you but uh, you got another friend what's going on anyway sorry not really met him yeah. on the internet oh yeah 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 one of them right yeah, one <laughs> excellent of them. oh dear uh, yeah. and so um I was, I was saying if I had to write something for Spitting Image, like a, a farcical rendition of satire of what, the, of what a Tory government might do, I would say something like, oh, they're going to make the bankers richer, they're going to slash taxes and uh, basically you know, make, make the rich richer, and in particular the bankers. And then we all laugh, embarrassed, yeah, haha, cool, like that is going to happen. And uh, yeah. It did. It, 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 it exactly is in line with what you would classify as a farcical satirization of what a cliche Tory government would do. And this is what happened. Now, the issue here, of course, is in terms of social <clears throat> equality that they indeed decided to make the bankers even richer because the... Um, the tax decreases are not falling equally here. We saw that the 45% percent top uh, tax bracket is being abolished. And that means everybody who owns anything above £150,000 is basically going to be five percentage points richer on all that money and all the excess. And so just to <clears throat> run some figures by you, I, I sort of did a few calcs before the show, and these are all estimates. Uh, I, I apologize, but I'm guessing that if you're like on 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 twenty thousand pounds a year, the tax cuts are going to deliver something of the order of magnitude of two hundred quid a year to you. Two hundred. If you're on thirty thousand, maybe it's four five hundred, and if you're on two hundred thousand, it's going to be five thousand pounds. And of course. This sounds bad enough, but if you then sort of think about this in terms of what the net income is and even the disposable income, I'm sort of guessing if you're on £20,000, you have very little disposable income indeed. Uh, but if you are a banker on £200,000 plus, you might actually have £30,000 disposable income a year, which is pocket money. This is sort of money after all expenses have been met. And I'm, I'm pursuing a point here because the government's um, justification for this is, of course, the adherence to the theory, which I would actually call is a figment of theory, a figment of the imagination, the theory of trickle economics which means that if you make the rich richer, then they go out into the market more and they buy more, and that is going to shore up um, jobs. And the benefits are sort of trickling down from 
from up high. And I think that's basically a myth. There have been lots and lots of studies being done in, the, in economics who have, um, well, you can't ever disprove anything in economics, but who have gathered evidence that that dynamic is, if at all in existence, very weak indeed. And so I think these numbers put some um, some, some credibility to the theory that this doesn't happen. If I'm at the end of the day, at the end of the year, have £30,000 left over, which I wasn't able to spend despite my best efforts, well, £5,000 more is not going to make me all that much more confident. You know, so, so, so I'm not going to go off after this tax uh, reduction to Harrods and buy whatever I might wish to buy at Harrods, helicopter fuel in a Zverovsky crystal encrusted <laughs> tin or something, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if yeah. I wish to buy this item, I would buy this anyway. So that's sort mm. of my, my, my feel that the entire economic justification and point of this tax reform is not going to be delivered. The government thinks this is going to be uh, paying for itself in terms of stimulation of growth and therefore commensurately an increase in tax absolute income, albeit on lower tax rates. But this is, I don't think, going to happen because a lot of this is eaten up in immediately by higher mortgage costs in response to higher higher interest rates. And now I am finally getting to the response to your question, what has the Bank of England done and why? Because all of this has led immediately to a very swift response from the financial markets, because the financial markets are, of course, in the know. It's sort of like a giant figuring out machine, if you think about the financial markets, all the actors in it, they constantly think about the response to policies and events. This event has immediately triggered uh, the pound to depreciate very materially against all currencies, in particular against the dollar. And the reason why that happened is because people were immediately thinking, oh, this is going to increase inflation. Because despite what I just said, there's going to be, of course, a net stimulus, a net demand, but there is no supply. There's no increased supply. So if people go out into the economy and buy just a little bit more and there's no supply, that is going to crank up inflation at a time where we're having the worst cost of living crisis anyway. Um, So in response to this, the markets were selling off the pound and that's a self-fulfilling prophecy to some extent because as the pound depreciates against other currencies, the cost of imports is rising and the cost of imports is of course going to be an expense to the corporate sector which is going to be passed on to the consumer by way of higher prices. There is our inflation spiral. Why is this particularly um, important for the UK rather than for other economies, let's say Germany, if if it was in the same boat, which which it isn't? Uh, Because the UK economy is a net importing economy. We import more than we export. And therefore, a a depreciation of our currency against other currencies is going to net increase the cost of goods imported and therefore commensurately inflation. And what that also means, of course, is as inflation is going to be is expected to rise, even from current levels, the only feasible response to that, unfortunately, is to increase interest rates. And um, 
that is again going to uh, in, in induce um, negative consequences. The bond markets were feeling these consequences as people were selling out of bonds. And this is a bit like a seesaw. If you sell a bond, the price falls and the yield on the bond goes up. And the yield of the 10-year government bond in the end is going to be the cost of borrowing to the government. And this is now how it all sort of is, 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 is beginning to look like a, like a package. I mean, if we, we need to increase borrowing anyway, following this particular, in my view, ill-advised, even reckless uh, policy decision, the amount of required borrowing is going to go up very steeply indeed at a time that the cost of this borrowing is also going to go up. And that is why the Bank of England went into the market buying bonds in order to increase demand for the bonds, which would increase the price and lower the yield and commensurately therefore the ten, the, um, the, the future expectation of what government borrowing of the cost of borrowing. That's basically, unfortunately, not not in a nutshell. It wasn't a short response, but that's sort of where we are, and that's that that sort of is is, is the framework of why the Bank of England did what it did. Hmm. I mean, it was pretty dramatic stuff, though, wasn't it? Really, because I think that at the beginning of the week, um, it didn't look like they were going to, or they kind of said, you know, they they. It seemed I got the feeling that they were saying that well we'll just see how it goes but then the day after they they just waded in so um <laughs> so yes i mean i you know um yes obviously very dramatic i'm trying to think can i think of a time when i've seen that before i mean have you seen it before I, I haven't seen it before. I, I know from history that yeah. the 70s in the UK were very poor, very bad times indeed with very high inflation and yeah. and a sort of parallel development of the economy of where we are mm. now headed. But I have certainly not seen it in my lifetime in the UK. I came to the UK about 30 years ago, so in 30 years yeah. I haven't seen anything yeah, remotely I, comparable. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I can't think. I've never seen this before. But uh, but anyway, right. So um, so yeah, okay. So um, that is that is all very interesting. Um, and we'll talk a bit more about about that and the effects, you know, a bit later on when we talk about what should the government do, mm -hmm. uh, what should the, should the government do now. Um, so we will move on to the second thing, which is um, Porsche. So hmm. Porsche did an IPO um, uh, this week. So uh, so VW owns you know has or owns porsche uh and what it decided to do is it decided to float uh 12.5 percent of the company um it was the second biggest ipo in germany uh and the, it was it's uh, the only one that's been bigger has been um deutsche post dhl uh which was floated in uh, 2000, uh, apparently. Mm. So, yeah, so I was just, I was just around at that point. Um, so yeah, so this is, this is very impressive. Um, I remember initially that the deal was they were looking for a valuation of 85 uh, billion euros. In the end, they went for a, I think they went for a range of 70 to 75 uh, billion euros. And, when it actually went to market, it was at the top end of that range. It went to 75 uh, billion euros in terms of the implied valuation. Um, 
I think that the initial um, performance wasn't massively impressive. I mean, it, it went up a few percent um, in and what was otherwise a falling market. So there is that to be said for it. Um, but it didn't do particularly well. Um, and But having said that, I think that VW will and Porsche will probably be very, very happy with that. Because I feel that with IPOs generally, what you, it's a very difficult balancing act because as a company and probably as a as a, an investment bank what you don't want is to float and then the company goes up by 100% on the first day right because although everyone feels good um the company will think well what the hell was going on there i mean we should have gone for a high valuation because this is our time to get the money and then after that it's gone you know as in we can't get it back again so they would be annoyed and the investment bank would probably be annoyed because they get paid on a percentage or often they get paid on a percentage basis so but they don't want to do that but then they don't want it to go down they don't want it to do like say Deliveroo did um you know on its debut um because although as i i have argued that i think in private they probably would have been going, ha, ha, this is great. Everyone else has been a real sucker. Um, but, um, but, but in private, in private. Um, but out, outwardly, they'll be, oh, this is so terrible. And, oh, no, um, you know, we think that this is the market's pricing it all wrong. Um, you know, you don't want that either because the problem with that is, is that annoys the investors and it mm. makes them less likely when another IPO comes to market, they'll say, well, what's the point? I'll just wait for a few weeks and it's going to go down 10, 20% anyway. So might as well buy it then in the market. I can buy what I want, where I want, at a, at a price I want. And I'm still going to get pretty much the, the same, you know, better. I'm going to, I'm going to do better. So, yeah. you know, when that's so, there is a delicate balance to be had. And mm. in a way, because it went up by, I mean, it depends what you read. It looked like, you know, one, one report I said said 2% and another one said 5% and then it finished down 10% or so. So I don't know. But it sounds to me like it was relatively, you know, just can't, you, nothing nothing amazing. And like I said, I, th- I would have thought that VW as the parent company and no doubt the advisors will have been quite, quite okay with that. But whether mm-hmm. or not it's... Yep good enough we don't know because you can't judge an ipo by its first day or first few days the other the other thing actually as a more general point i don't know about this one is that when you are um you know one one of the one of the benefits of floating um uh you know in the traditional way rather than um not involving advisors and things like that is that you have these underwriters involved and they stabilize the price you know they they if if the if the price they see the price going down too much they'll buy um and then that will stop the price from going down and it looks to the rest of the market that it's that it's bottoming out and everything's fine so you know they start buying it or that's the theory anyway um so i don't know what happened in this case but um yeah, I mean, we won't really see as to whether this has been a true success or not, you know, for another 
month or two i would i wouldn't have thought um mm, yeah. but um but but it's but it's interesting <laughs> it wasn't bad so i think that's 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 a positive um and i think that they probably will see more value i think investors investors tend to like things that they that are a simple story you know i mean porsche is a targets a certain demographic who has a certain amount of money and you would argue that this demographic is suffering less than you know most other demographics um so in that case you are um sort of recession proof in a way you know it's maybe porsche it could arguably be more recession proof than say the rest of vw but yeah. what do you think well i mean for maybe starting with your last comment i think um, i think that's right i mean basically all the previously stupendously rich bankers who after Liz Truss's ill-advised plan are now obscenely rich, they're going, are going to buy all the Porsches. Now, uh, let, let me um, switch to serious mode. I mean, base, basically, IPOs are, I believe, done largely for two big reasons, for one of two or both of, mm-hmm. of, of, of these reasons. One is a simple reason just to actually get some cash in the door and either use that cash for an acquisition or for research and development, etc. And another one, and this is, I think, the more important one, is to, to unlock, the word unlock is always used in this context, to unlock value. So mm. what, what people mean by that is that if, if management looks at, uh, if VW management looks at their operations and they look at Porsche and they think, actually, we think that in our market cap, which in VW's case is something like 75 billion, mm. our market cap should be higher. It doesn't reflect the economic uh, prosperity and the potential, the earnings potential of our business Porsche. Mm. Now, in, you 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 can't really do this by persuading investors that Porsche should be worth more within VW mm. easily. So what you can do then is to actually quote that part of the business itself on the markets and and allow the markets to speak. Hmm. So, in other words, now the markets have an ability to buy into that specific business. Uh-huh. And the the hope is that you're selling, in this case, I think they sold 12.5%. So, the hope is that you're selling 12.5% of your earnings, of course. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. But you're hoping that the, um, well, technical point, the price earnings multiple on the residual is going to be a lot higher. So in other words, you're hoping that the market value of the newly floated business Porsche, of which, of course, you still own a large majority, is going to increase and therefore outweigh the multiple of the earnings you sold. Hmm. And that, that's sort of this unlocking of, of value which people talk about. And hmm. I think this is basically what, what VW had in mind here. And looking at the way in which the IPO transpired, yeah, I, I would also say in markets such as these, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't so bad. I mean, it wasn't a, wasn't a fantastic success, I wouldn't think, but hmm. it, it, it wasn't so bad. I mean, they, 
75 billion market cap, they sold 12.5%, so that's about 9 billion in, in cash through the door. The market cap mm. is still about 75 billion, and so it's nothing not much has happened there. To your point, whether we would see whether the, the IPO was a success or not, some time has to pass for that. Yes, I completely agree, both in terms of share price development, but also in terms of we, we will have to see hmm. what VW does with that 9 billion euros. Hmm. Uh, which they received. Because mm. obviously for now, this is just cash and you can't put a multiple on cash. Mm. It depends what they need to do with that 9 billion is they need to convert it into earnings. Yeah. Because that will create a multiple. Yeah. And uh, and currently this is just cash. So they can buy something and I think you, you, you would believe that they are going to use it to research and development and to invest it into the uh, business of electric vehicles, which is of course up and coming, and if they do this right, I, I think it might well be um, a good story. Hmm. I think so. I mean, um, it's interesting. I, I I like analogies. So, if this IPO was on the autobahn, oh, uh, the <laughs> was in the slow lane. But nevertheless, going forward, and it wasn't didn't have its foot on the throttle, and with no speed limits. Do you think that's a good analogy? No, probably not. Very good. I mm. I was I, I wasn't listening when you. No, okay, no, okay. Fair uh, you 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 lost me after autobahn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um. So I I've I've just heard um I've got we've got a bit more freedom time wise uh, which is great because we we're going to be talking about the um last um uh you know the last thing uh, in a minute but anyway I do think this is quite interesting I do think the Porsche mm. uh you know it, it it yeah it went okay um and it wasn't a disaster so that was good um so yeah we'll see what happens is it going to do a ferrari don't know too early but i i guess you know it's got a reasonable chance given that it's uh you know it it, it is exposed to a certain demographic that in theory should be okay um and isn't going to you know be losing too much money so you know that's one of those things yeah so anyway let's go on to the last thing which is um I think probably the biggest thing, uh, actually, and, and this is what should the government do now? Now, mm. I have to say, um, before we did this, uh, had it, we, we always have a little chat, right, beforehand. <laughs> and um, I think it'd be fair to say that Ralph was fairly, fairly forthright, shall we say, um, on the current situation. And I think this is going to make for great team. TV or whatever this is, uh, this is going to make for great viewing. Um, so, um, so anyway, um, what 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 do you think of the government, and what do you think they should do now, Ralph? Right. Um, okay. I think well, the government, from should. a policy perspective, rather than jumping off anything, for for instance. Oh no, I would never <laughs> say things like that. Okay. What good. I think the government should do is <laughs> they waiting. should walk around the United Kingdom and apologize to every citizen and resident in the United Kingdom personally for ruining the economy and ruining 
the prospects of said citizens. Have you have you ever seen? Sorry, have you seen Game of Thrones before? I'm sorry, I'm not in the mood. Okay, no, because I was no, going to say they, carry on. They, in one in one part of the Game of Game of Thrones. No, I forgot, by the way, I've forgotten. I've forgotten the name of 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 the of, of the character. It was one of the main characters for <laughs> for punishment had to walk naked um, through. Uh, this village and everyone was you know throwing stuff um at her and i don't know i mean are you are you maybe saying that that may be an appropriate no this is not appropriate i wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy (laughs) Uh, but but no i i think an apology to everybody would be well received i'm waiting um uh, not no but tongue out of my cheek uh, perhaps and and off the soapbox now a little bit you know soapbox is free you can have it in a sec no look what should the government do i need now? it i'm uh, too short but anyway. <laughs> i think um well some of the evidence of the response is quite interesting here the imf has wrapped us across the knuckles for this and even though the IMF makes all sorts of statements all the time, it is unlikely, it is it is rare, in fact, sort of unheard of in recent memory, in my recent memory as well, um, at least, for the IMF to openly criticize the uh, fiscal policy of a government of the G7. And that has happened. Second, the Bank of England clearly is unhappy with this because of the uh, action of the, the the interventive action which we discussed, but <clears throat> most clearly we see how the financial markets speak. And if you don't believe the IMF and if you don't believe the Bank of England, that's fine. I think you have to believe uh, the reaction of the financial markets, and it is clear that this is an ill-advised policy which has been recklessly implemented, in my view, without listening to advisors who are economically literate and perhaps without seeking advice of these advisors. I think the government needs to absolutely and very quickly change their intransigent attitude to advisors if indeed such attitude exists, which I am pretty sure does, and start listening to people who understand how the economy works and in particular um, abandon a philosophical attitude that confuses sticking to conservative ideological dogma with clarity of understanding and moral purpose. Because that is what I think Listras is doing. It is important, I think, for the government, at a, for any government at a time of crisis, to remain flexible and fluidly respond to a dynamic situation. What we're having at the moment is actually objectively a farcical situation because we have a fiscal policy that is at loggerheads with the monetary policy. And that is, in fact, also what the IMF said. And that is a situation which I think is objectively something that has to be remedied. So in terms of uh, more specific policy 
well, not advice, certainly not from me, but policy, uh, my, my, my wish list would, would, would be to look at that and make sure that the policies which are being implemented are not in contradiction to one another. What I would wish to see is that the government climbs down from this, reverts some of the policy decisions that are being made, in particular the scrapping of the top uh, rate of tax. What I would have liked to see, and, and you guys know this, that I was in favour of Rishi Sunak to be Chancellor, uh, sorry, uh, Prime Minister. What I would like to see is perhaps a policy that redistributes money. I mean, there, I, I'm aware, and we're all aware, that there are no easy solutions to the current crisis. That much is clear. I also believe that the government did well to intervene quickly with an energy plan. I, I, I think that was that was good, although clearly economically it creates a similar sort of situation, a similar problem. But these problems we have to tackle and we can't avoid them. Mm. Um, so I would unfortunately be in favor of increasing the top rate of tax. Mm introducing a windfall tax for the um, for the oil and energy firms, using that money to redistribute it, although I'm also aware that these things sound very good, but they don't actually generate that much in, in tax revenue. Um, it, it, people always think that taxing the rich or reducing in this particular case the tax rate on the rich is, co is is generating or costing the government lots of money it doesn't really i think this cost 5 billion uh, 5 billion pounds so in the in the um, big big scheme of things this is actually not that much mm. but i believe the philosophy is wrong here i think we have to take it on the chin and make sure that people who are not bankers at on, on, on very high salaries are able to get through the winter and then um, reduce taxes in line with conservative philosophy. I have nothing against that in the long run, in a sustainable fashion. Mm. And so in, in short, yes, I, I would hope that the government uh, will be able to see, learn these lessons uh, before the November budget and use the November budget as an opportunity to um, to repeal some of the policy decisions which they made. Hmm. After yep. apologising to everybody, which is uh... <laughs> well, I don't know because that might take quite some time, mightn't it? Um, but um, <laughs> do a conference yeah. call. <laughs> conference call. <laughs> okay, everyone, uh, we're going to do a big Zoom call. Uh, everyone's invited. Sorry. Liz, Liz, like, a, like a Uriah Heep routine from from Dickens. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, Liz and uh, Liz and Cami Quasi uh, are going to be on the call, and this is going to be, um, you know, outlining what's going to happen. Anyway, I think that the um, this is very, yeah. I mean, I from what I can see, I mean, I feel that the, I also think that the. Um, the energy thing seems to be good. You know, the the only thing lacking in that is for businesses um, where they lack clarity uh, because it's only for six, you know, it's, it's only for a short period of time. And I can see businesses say that's not long enough, but 
it's the sort of thing that I think um, they can change as as things are going on. Yes. And actually, it might mean that companies that are really sort of going to fail anyway, maybe, um, maybe they'll make that decision now. And then it means that there's more money available potentially to really help um, the businesses that survive. But I don't know. Mm. That's a bit of a harsh thing to say, probably. Um, I think the top rate of tax is ridiculous. What they, uh, you know, that they did that. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think, yes, uh, why, you know, if there's any time that you can get a tax increase through, um, it's going to be now. You know, to to the rich, to the rich, you know, because um, they can't be blind to what's going on. And, you know, for something, say, like a five, you know, five grand to someone who's working, who's uh, who's earning 200 grand is really not that much. Um, and exactly. so those kinds of things, I think it, it has been ridiculous. So I don't think everything they've done has been bad. But I think a lot of the things have, you know, that, I mean, there are definitely some major things that they have done wrong. With regard to the bonus, I personally think that's just cosmetic, because that is just an agreement between the uh, the banks and the individuals, you know, th- themselves. That is a that's a pay thing. Um, you know, it, uh, I don't know. I think these days there are so many compliance um, people within a bank. Um, it's a lot harder now to do. I mean, you know, I'd like to say this, you know, I'm sure there'll be things going wrong in the future, but, you know, generally speaking, it's generally harder to do anything wrong anyway. So, um, so anyway, so I think that that, I think that's red herring and it's one of those things that makes everyone look good and look like they're doing something, but actually it doesn't really mean anything. Um, so, so yes, but I do think that they need to bring forward any kind of announcements. Um, if they've got that much of a problem, they should say we are going to bring forward the announcement of the budget. You know, if they don't, so we're, if having, they... we're having the uh, party conference next, and that yeah. is going to be in focus, of course. Um, one thing I also want to say, as I said before, I mean, taxing the rich or is is always a. Um, uh, you know something which which appears socially acceptable, but it doesn't mm. generate all that much money. Um, mm. it, it's still right to do this. It it won't solve the issue. No. But I I think my issue is more than that is with the wrong message this is sending. That's right. No, I agree. I agree. You know it's, also it's... and and these but both of these things also yeah. the removal of the bonus cap and the. Mm. On top of that, the removal of the top uh, rate of tax. I mean, mm. it's it's just the the message this is sending is that the Tory party is out of touch with the reality of the people mm. and is not really caring for the people. Mm. And unfortunately, I have to say that the, as I said before, I mean, the idea of uh, trickle down economics, I don't think is is has all but been discredited. Mm. Um, I mean, I think it, I can see it working in some ways, you know, I mean, um, in a limited capacity, like for it, for instance, if more people are getting paid more and they've got more money, there will, you would have thought that, you know, there's more work for nannies and dog walkers and personal trainers. And do you know what I mean? Like things, things, businesses that um, cater to people who are, uh cash rich and time poor i think 
there's a certain amount, there must be a certain amount of trickle down from that. But with regard to other things, other bigger things, um, then, then, you know, not, not so much. Um, yeah. And also yeah. It, it, it always depends on context as well mm. in, in the economy. I mean, a policy which might work in one particular context may not work in a different one. Mm. Uh, Trickle-down economics, when it works, works best when the tide is lifting all the boats. Mm-hmm. You know? yes. Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, it, it is important that the middle-income classes, which I'm going to characterize, I'm, I'm sure there's a definition which I don't know, but mm. let's say 50,000 to 100,000, that sort of mm. thing. And then again, 30,000 to 50,000. These two brackets. Mm. It's important that these people are doing well. Exactly. And yes. exactly. that... Um, because something trickles down from a hundred thousand pound salary to a twenty thousand pound salary, just as much from, you know, also and not just from a million pound salary down. So, mm. when the tide is lifting all the boats, then this sort of trickle down effect is probably present. But mm. the current idea of trickling down really is targeting the top end of the salary pyramid and hoping mm. that it that we can sort of grow our way out of out of trouble and mm. and i just don't think that this is going to happen because it is precisely the mortgage costs of these middle income brackets mm. which is going to prevent these families to go out into the market and um and and buy things mm. and and let's Please also remember, that's actually what we do not want. We do not want people going out into the market and buying lots of stuff at the moment because that's going to spike inflation again, mm. which, which is, I mean, I'm, it's always easy to criticize. I'm very good at it, but I, I, I haven't got the answers. So, I mean, mm. I, I realize that there are no easy, mm. easy answers here. If, if I disagree with anything most in this, it's the... Well, I'm sorry to say this word, use the word again, reckless implementation of these policies um, in a in in a non-phased manner. I mean, we, we, we could have done this in a phased manner over time and it would have been uh, far less detrimental or than, than it has, the is turning out that? to be. Yeah, we wouldn't have anything where to say, would we? Would we? Exactly, yes. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, anyway, there we but, are. Um, yeah, I mean, thank you very much, Ralph. I mean, it is, it is very interesting. I mean, we are living through incredible times. Um, really, you know, I've been saying to people, God, we are all going to bore our grandchildren to, to senseless with tales of, oh, I remember lockdown and then, oh, I remember when the Queen died and, oh, I remember that, you know, I, I remember when <laughs> Sterling went through the floor um, and, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. But, it, you know, I, I actually I was just on a call and I said to people on that call, I said, this is the time when actually it's probably quite good to write a diary because to actually chronicle what is actually going on and how you feel. Um, I mean, it's yeah. funny here. I mean, I've got this for those, for those who aren't sorry if, if you're listening to this, but I'm holding up. This is my book. This is what I do every day. Right. These are all the notes I write every day. And um, and this is an old school diary. Um, but yes, I mean, I can look back on this and just think, my God, this is horrendous, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, it's quite incredible, really. But um, of course, grandchildren never listen to uh 
um, their parents, etc. You but know, it's there, it's I, I, I know this. I mean, my my parents, of course, had one foot in 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 a much world, more austere and, and a horrible time, hmm. which is the Second World War. I mean, they're not quite old enough for that. But and 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 they were saying things like, "Oh, when we were young, this and that," and and I was like, "Oh." God, yeah, rather very interesting, yeah. whatever. You yeah, know? No, no, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah no. But the, the thing is, though, it's the, it's the young uh, young kids, that's their job to do that. Yes. Whereas it's the old people's job to go, I remember when this happens, right? Really? So they're both, doing their, they're both doing their jobs. They're both doing their jobs. I love it's that. All, I, you're, right. you're right. You're yeah. right. Unfortunately, we are now part of the old... Yeah. Yeah, buddy, yeah. daddies, and yeah. you know, I'm going to be like, I remember when yeah. Pound but, was at parity with the dollar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Goes, but, oh, come on. Yeah, but I think that <laughs> I'm. I feel that I I am getting old because I'm looking forward to being like that. Oh, I, I think that that's the thing, isn't it? When before you, I think you're younger. When you're younger, you know, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to. I'm not going to be like that. But now I'm actually looking forward to being like that. Just remind to annoy, me, just to annoy people. Remind yeah, just, me, why, why are you my friend? Why are we mates? Well, you know, we I, have I, simil- I forgot. <laughs> similar outlook, right? No, similar no. outlook. This is terrible. <laughs> anyway, I'm right. Uh, oh yes, it's the time I need to. Get yeah, on. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, brilliant. Well, look, um, I'll I'll let you go off to uh, you know sort out your gold bar collection. Um, and, <laughs> this is and, actually uh, where yeah. all my assets are. At the moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but um, as always, been brilliant fun um, yeah. and, and a really uh, tough time at the moment. So for the for the for the economy. But uh, anyway, have a great uh, have a great day. Uh, have cool. a great day to everyone who's watching this and uh, back again soon with something special. Oh, indeed. Absolutely. Go. It's going to be good. trying to raise my eyebrows there. Yes. Uh, anyway, for, um, uh, have, a, have a great day. Thanks Excellent, very much. Excellent, guys. Thanks for listening. Fantastic. Bye. Bye.